Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. That's right, folks. Hey, we are back. Another week means another episode of Garage Door Sports. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two amazing co-hosts, Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji. Kyle, my man, how you doing this morning? Doing good, doing good. A little, uh, a little tired this morning, but uh, otherwise can't complain. So, yeah, we had a busy week, so that's to be expected. Mm. <laughs> uh, Irfan, nice to have you back, sir. How are you doing? Good. Good. It's a good day today. <laughs> that was the episode. slyest good I think I've ever seen from you. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. We've got a good, good little episode today. Yeah, we do. How you doing, Nick? I'm good, man. It's been a, yeah. been a tough week. Kyle uh, knows exactly what I'm talking about, <laughs> uh, but I'm good now. Everything's good to go, so uh, let's get right into it, Nerfon. You're right. It is a big episode. It's a fun episode because, guys, we made it to 100. 100 Dang. episodes since the relaunch. 100 episodes of our three knuckleheads talking sports together. Um uh, so much that we're going to get into like everything that we've done over the last we're actually coming up on three years eh? january 21st is three years wow yeah wow. crazy we've been in a relationship for this long Whew. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new record yeah. so it's uh, it's crazy to think that it's been almost three years of us doing this together obviously not every week um Sometimes weeks needed to be taken off for mental reasons, for scheduling reasons. <laughs> Schedules suck. Um, yeah. But you know what? We've we've made it to 100, and as much as I want to get into that, and we will, we got we got to recap this week of sports craziness because it has been a crazy week in sports. There's no doubt about that. So let's get right into it with our kickoff segment mm-hmm. sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferrara brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, visit them at canadakickingacademy.com or follow them on Instagram for more information. First time I've nailed that in a few weeks. I'm very happy about that. Unfortunately, it's not a very positive uh, kickoff segment this week because... The big story from this week in sports is COVID again. And it is decimating North American sports again. Mm -hmm. Like the cases are on the rise all over every league. You can't name a professional sports league right now that isn't dealing with COVID. We can go even across the ocean and say, oh yeah, the EPL ain't doing too hot. They've already postponed, I think it's at least two games, right, Irfan? Uh, four out of six today, I think. Is it four now? It was two yesterday when I was paying attention because I know Man U had their game postponed and there was one more. Yeah, the only only two games games was Arsenal-Leeds and Villa... Who who the hell was Villa? Villa got uh, postponed today. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just there's a... Sky Sports has this thing where it's like all matchups of the weekend. Yeah. 
five matchups this weekend, and then they keep eliminating one matchup every every couple of hours. Jeez. Mm-hmm. I'm actually surprised that the Arsenal game's going on then at this rate. Like, yeah. But actually, yeah, it, it makes it five games now. Actually, with that Villa. Yeah, five Arsenal. out of six. Yeah. That's that's just ridiculous. Like. That's my point, though. Like, COVID cases just on the rise across the leagues. We can look at the North American League specifically. The NHL has had 20 games postponed as of, like, the latest update. It's probably going to be more coming because close to 70 players are affected. And I think, Irfan, you and me were talking before, it's 19 flames. Yeah. That's basically their entire roster. I think they have four guys who are on the NHL roster before all this that have not been affected. Four. Mm -hmm. It's not okay, and yet they're still like playing games. Three teams have had all of their games canceled till after Christmas: uh, the Flames, the Avalanche, and the Panthers. You're getting players left, right, and center being put into protocol. I just I don't get why they keep stopping. Um, we can move on. We'll talk NFL. They've had they've had to move three games this weekend. Now they haven't like canceled any, but they've moved three games from Sunday to one was moved to Monday. And the other two were moved to Tuesday. But more than 70 players tested positive this week alone. I think it was actually more than 70 players tested positive Monday and Tuesday alone. And then they've had more since yeah. then. Like, yeah, the, the the NFL is an interesting situation because there's a lot of people up in arms right now about that. So They shouldn't be playing. Like, Well, no. Technically, technically the team should forfeit. According to the rules in the NBA, in the NFL, I, so. I get that too. I don't care. I they, they just shouldn't be playing these games this week. Yeah, right. I, I just well, don't I get it. It it all comes down to money. That's the biggest. Thing. I know. I know it does. I, I get that. But like, still. And then we'll go to the NBA quickly, and then we'll talk like more in depth about this and give our opinions. But the NBA, fifty-two players across the league since December eleventh. So what is it? The eighteenth. Yeah, week, Seven days. Week. Fifty-two players have been have entered COVID protocols. Technically, mm-hmm. if you want to add them in, Serge Ibaka and Precious Achua were also in COVID protocols, but that's because of a close contact issue. Mm-hmm. So I didn't count them in the fifty-two uh, because Toronto has more strict guidelines. So Precious was put in put in like a modified protocol sort of thing for the NBA. And surge mm-hmm. was sort of the same thing, um, but fifty-two players in seven days, and it keeps going up. Like it's not going to stop. The Bulls had ten players at one point on COVID protocols. The Nets had eight, I think, seven or seven. eight. Yeah. yeah, and they still played games. The Nets, the Bulls didn't. They had their games canceled, which was the right thing to do, mm-hmm. in my opinion, at least. When ten players are on COVID protocol, you probably shouldn't be playing a game anyway. You probably don't have enough bodies to play a game. Yeah. Um, so I guess like the question is like, what should these leagues be doing, Kyle? Like, I, I just don't know what to say. What should they be doing? I think it's pretty obvious what they should be doing. What they're not going to do is exactly what they should do. Um, I mean, they should shut everything down at least until the new year, at, at least give them two, three weeks of just nothing. Everybody isolates, everybody does their own thing. And then in those times, you you increase your your uh, your steps, right? You gotta you know, maybe you do extra testing, maybe you do uh, more isolation, whatever you need to do 
you put more rules and, and regulations in place, get, get those while everybody is back at home, you know, have ever say, go enjoy the holidays, go have spend two, three weeks with your family, whatever. We'll come back in the new year and start this fresh. And you can figure out the scheduling thing. It's not that big of a deal to figure out scheduling. It's really not. Um, but unfortunately, sports aren't going to do that because it's all going to come down to, well, we're going to postpone these games or push it back a little bit. But if you're healthy enough, we're going to run those games because we need the money in the meantime while the other games are postponed is, is essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like the NFL. The NFL in the rules, and there's a bunch of people, players up in arms right now, um, in the rules, if you cannot field a team based on COVID, you forfeit that game. And, and, and that's it's simple as that. And based on that, it's also kind of interesting that the NFL PA who approved this, the leader just so happens to play for the Cleveland Browns. Funny how that works. Who's the, um, who's the head of the NFL PA right now? I, I didn't I didn't read it. I just saw that it was a Cleveland guy who actually isn't who is okay. the you keep talking. I'm gonna look it up because I'm leader of it. So um, I found that kind of funny. The fact that Cleveland is probably one of the worst teams right now in the NFL, and just so happens that they bypass the rules and move the game rather than forfeit. Um, but in any ways, um, it's simple. It, it, they need to postpone games. They need to take these extra precautions, and they need to. You know, reevaluate in the new year. It's it's as simple as that, but they're not going to because that's going to be a huge loss of money. So, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll add true. to you, Kyle. Uh, yeah. Adding the the third vaccine and the the booster, whatever they're calling it out there. I'm calling it a vaccine. Some people are calling it a booster, whatever. But like getting that that rollout going as well. The only mm-hmm. question I'll have about telling players to go spend time with family, which is important, yes. But what happens is, you know, players come back and they've contracted something from family so now you're gonna lose another couple of weeks so then you might just be like go spend a week with your family and then come back and that's probably the way to to spread um limit spread and whatnot but yeah no like stopping games taking a break um figuring out the new protocol with the new variants or whatever's happening like are you guys ready to handle that process and then you know what maybe just putting out an order saying you need to be vaccinated to play yeah well, and, and the, the, the biggest issue is is this new variant is it's the most contagious one. That's the biggest thing, yeah. right? The the symptoms aren't as bad, and that that's well, been, okay. That's been we we got to we got to be very clear about saying that because some studies have said that they can be just as bad as Delta, but for the most part, most of the cases so far have been mild. So let's not. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to spread any misinformation. We don't really know the science behind it. Let's make that very clear. Us, sure. us three it, don't know it. It spreads the most out of any variant. Yes, that is that one fact. is true. That one is fact. I will give you that. I'm just saying. So, that it, it, so it's it's one of those. It's it's simple how to counter it. It really is. You don't allow it to be spread. Yeah, I read a I read a tweet this morning where it's like people keep forgetting that we are in a pandemic, yeah. and when you tell them to be careful, they look at you funny, and it's like actually just because it's the holidays doesn't mean we're exempt from mm-hmm. any sort of variant. Um, but yeah, just uh, just be safe, guys. That's, that's basically the message coming out here. Even for players, even for regular folks, it's just make the right decision. If there's too many people in a place, yeah, maybe don't do that. Well, yeah. and, and it's simple. We just we want the best sports on, and we want everybody yeah. safe, and want want the best possible sport being played. 
and having 19 friggin' people in COVID protocol doesn't exactly make you feel the best team. Yeah. So it's true. <clears throat> figure it out, people. You know, I, like, to be honest, if there's three weeks of no sports, I'll just catch up on some readings or catch up on a movies that I haven't watched. Like, guys, there's things to do. FaceTime with your friends. Hello, we have a freaking podcast. We see each other once a week. Like, maybe don't kick up a, a podcast, but, you know, see some people that way. I know we, we're kind of regressing, but, you know, this, this needs to end. But I've been saying this all week. Like, we're, it's almost, this is going to sound really dumb, but it, it's almost the perfect time for these leagues to shut down, right? It's right around Christmas. I know it sucks, but at the same time, like, use it as a reset. I know they want to make money over the Christmas break because everyone's home so they, they can watch TV, blah, 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 blah. But listen, the players want to be able to see their families at Christmas. Everyone does. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that goes without saying. And I know you have to be really careful with COVID, and that's why I'm probably not going to be able to go to my family Christmas this year because they just put the restrictions down to 10 people again, and I'm usually the 11th person on the list. Um, so question about that quickly. Sorry, Nick. Yes. Um, so for stadiums, you're allowed about 10,000 people. Yes. But in your families, you're only allowed 10. Because they're using this fact that they you will pretty much be told to wear a mask at the stadium, which is not true. I've been at the Scotiabank Arena. But that's what they're going to say, is that they are trying to enforce mask policies at the stadiums where they, it's, you can't really do that at a house. Mm-hmm. That's what they're gonna say. I'm not. I'm not saying I agree with it, but that's what they're gonna say. No. But anyways, no. take the time. Take the two, three weeks before the new year. Restart everything in January. Give the give the players a chance to try to reset. Give the teams a chance to try to reset amongst the COVID stuff. I've been saying this all week. Me and Kyle, I'm pretty sure, talked about this on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then again on Wednesday, and then again on Thursday because he saw me both of those days. <laughs> like, take the set. Take the chance to reset. No. What does that hurt? It doesn't hurt you in any way. A little bit in the money, but you're still going to play those games. I'm not saying, like, cancel the games. I'm just saying move them. I know it's a little harder for the NFL. I get that. The NFL is the one that would have the hardest time trying to do that. But you realize that the NHL right now has a two-week window already set. Mm -hmm. Because let's be honest. If they send players to the Olympics... The NHLPA is not doing their job protecting the players' best interest. As uh, much as I want, as much as I want to see NHL players in the Olympics, and I think we all agree, the Olympic Games is so much better when there's NHL players in it. Yeah, this ain't the year to go. I don't think any athletes should be going to China right now. Well, and I think I think if they do, I'm sorry, but you have to quarantine for minimum two to three weeks. Sorry. Exactly. It, it's got it, it's got to be that. Like, so they're, you, you, they're, they're if, then affecting the rest of the season. Hundred percent, and that and that's why I think like, sure, like if you want to do that, technically the NHL is not going to stop you because they already said it's up to the players. But if you do go, there's got to be some sort of requirements or something. Even if you're double vaxxed, it doesn't matter. You still have to quarantine, yeah. especially with the amount of exposure you have at the Olympics. Yeah, there's, there's got to be something in place. Agreed. Irfan's smirking in the corner now. <laughs> I'm laughing because, I mean, this is a discussion that they did this with Tokyo. So why not just push it another year? Like, I, I don't, like, it's blowing my mind that, you know, Tokyo recognized this, but, you know, Beijing hasn't done this yet. You had, you realized that everything's being pushed to begin with. You should take the push. 
Mm. I'd rather have healthy players and healthy people. I mean, I think we all would yeah. at the end of the day. But in reality, again, it comes back to, well, we've put so much money into this. What are we going to do? Like, mm. is Qatar, like, talking about the uh, bigger tournaments and events, um, is the World Cup going to get pushed if this continues? Probably not because they're so much in the hole that they need to. Mm. Yeah, right? There, there's so much in the hole to do all these things. So, I mean, unless something drastic happens or, like, 50% of <laughs> the North American population is sick. No, and probably... I know that. But, like, at this point, the, there there actually is a stipulation in the agreement with the NHLPA and the NHL that if the risk of COVID is too high in the season and they have to, they have to postpone enough games and or, like, potentially close down for two weeks, that they don't go to the Olympics. Like, that's, like, in the that's in the agreement that they have about the Olympics yeah. because they'll need to use those two weeks to make stuff up. Well, listen, mm-hmm. I think we're there. Yeah. If more than 75 players are in COVID protocol right now, you have an entire team almost in COVID protocol in the Flames. I think we're there. Am I, like, am I wrong in thinking this guy? Like, I just don't get why this is being such an issue for the league to just wrap their head around. We're there. We have reached that point of no return at this point. Either you step in and shut everything down for a couple weeks to try to stop the point of no return, or you go full bore and we're going to have multiple teams in the same same situation as the Flames soon. Right, Kyle? Yeah. I, I think it's just, I don't think for some reason, I don't think they want to admit that this is truly a thing. It's It's weird, but it's almost as if they're like, no, you know, there's it's only affecting some teams. It's not affecting everybody. Well, it's not. It's affecting everybody because the minimum every team has like two or three people <laughs> at the very minimum that are being affected by this. So it's a it's a full league wide thing, but it's almost as if they don't want to admit that. And, and I mean, we can only say so much about them that that they don't want to admit that, but it's the truth. So yeah, I just. I don't know like am, am I wrong in thinking that it's time to just shut it down for a little bit as much as I love sports like obviously I do we have a sports podcast we're, we're, we're on a sports podcast right now I love sports mm-hmm. but we might need to shut it down yeah, yeah I have I have no problems with that like I don't think you're you're far-fetched I don't think you're reaching at all I think take the break and you know what though if if the Olympics is so worried or double IHF is so worried about hockey players coming to the Olympics to play, then maybe just push the hockey portion to a different time of the uh, year. I can't do that. I know they can't do that. Like that, that won't work. Well, well fine. But I'm just saying like, there's, there's just trying like, I don't know. I, I don't think, I, I think a person's life and safety Agreed. and is much more important. And, and you're I think hearing some of that. the players say it too, right? Like they're like, I'm not sure I want to go to the Olympics at this point. Mm-hmm. As much as I want to play for my country, I b- probably won't go. It's like, okay, well, that's a thing. Like, <laughs> this is now got to the players' minds, and they're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be going to this because it's just not safe. I I don't want to have to quarantine for five weeks in China because that's the other thing. Like, if one of them tests positive, that player is there for at least a month yeah. in China. Not here. They don't get to come back. They're stuck there. Well, like take the take the NHL example. If any American team comes up to Canada and they they catch it, they still have to stay in Canada for two weeks to to the isolation period. So, like, 
you're already doing this within North America. You're doing it between Canada and the U.S. Like how? But the difference is, what is the isolation period here? Two weeks. Yeah. It's minimum no. four in no, China. No, I get that. I get that. I was like, so like if we're already at this level of isolation and, and, you know, bearing down, like now you're going to international waters. Like what's the difference? You know what I mean? Like it's a huge jump. Yeah. Yeah. People don't want to do the two weeks here and then what they're going to be willing to do the four weeks. Exactly. Exactly. I just don't get it. I don't understand why they're pushing so hard to have this go this way, but well, no, I do. I know it's money, Kyle. I know what you're going to say, but (laughs) Pretty much. <laughs> but, like, they have to look out for the players. They have to look out for the teams. Like, I think the Cleveland Browns are using, what, a fourth-string quarterback this week? I think it's technically third, but they signed the guy to, from the practice squad on Tuesday. Yeah, they signed him off the practice squad, yeah. Like, <laughs> on Tuesday. But not wait, not wait, even wait, last wait. week, right? Like, it's not like he's oh, been with the yeah. team for a while. He's, it, he's off the practice squad Tuesday. But with now pushing the game, they might be back from protocol. So, mm. well, no, because they te- they both tested positive. Yeah, but you still if you put two negative tests within twenty four hours or whatever, then they technically by NFL you're allowed to. Yeah, that's uh, that's in and of itself a little bit ridiculous. But yeah, yep. Add yes. add another player to the NBA protocols. So we're, we're in the mid fifties now. Who? Uh, Miles McBride of the Knicks. Oh, jeez. More another Knicks player. Jeez, that's always good. All right. Well, I think I've yelled enough about this, so that'll do it for our kickoff segment, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Make sure you check them out at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy for more information on how to take your special teams game to the next level. Um, let's stick with the hockey conversation because we're kind of on a roll right now with hockey for the most part of that conversation. Uh, and big news drop. What was it? Was it yesterday? Thursday? I think so. Yeah. It was yesterday, right? It was yesterday. Paul Maurice yesterday. resigning as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. This one kind of came out of nowhere for me. I, I don't know about mm-hmm. you guys. I didn't see this coming. They're, they're three points out of a playoff spot. Yeah. They're not doing as well as some people expected them to do this year, but at the same time, like they're three points out of a playoff spot and they've dealt with, so many injuries and a few COVID cases themselves. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was shocked by this one, Irfan. Yeah. Very shocked. Actually, I was scrolling through the score yesterday and I was like, wait, uh, oh, sorry, Twitter. It was um, a clip by Tim and friends. And I was like, wait, 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 hold on timeout. He, what? So I went back to some research and yeah, he stepped down and I mean, definitely a new voice, but like this guy lost top defensemen over the last three to four years and still made the Jets a compatible, like a, like a strong competition for, for teams. Like he's a good coach. He's a good guy. Um, And I I think I respect the maturity of the decision going, yeah, we're just not, we're very stagnant right now. Like, yes, we're improving or yes, we're not, you know, yes, we're playing well, sorry, but we're not going in a direction that's going to get this team winning a championship. Maybe, maybe it's time for a reset. And like, I'm very shocked by very caught off guard. He's going to have a job very soon again, like give him maybe a couple months and he'll be back coaching. Cause he's, he's that good. But um, I don't know if he yeah. wants to coach though. Maybe, maybe you're right. He's yeah. Been, maybe he's he doesn't been coaching want. since he was 20. He's been what, a head coach uh, since he was 25. 
Yeah, since like, the Hartford Whalers, yeah. Yeah, he might just be, he might take, it might not be a few months, it might not be a few years, he might take some time here and just be like, hey, you know what, I've done this for so long, it's time for the next chapter of my life. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we see him on a TV broadcast in a few years, um, because he is so well-spoken. Like, that's the one thing that I always realize about Paul Maurice is that this guy is so, so well-spoken. Every conversation you hear from him, it's it's meticulously thought out, but also doesn't feel forced. <laughs> like, yep. it just feels like he's having a conversation with you, and he understands everything. It's not like he's biased by his team. Like, when the Jets and Leafs had that whole kerfuffle a few weeks ago, when he spoke about it after, he was pretty honest. He's like, yeah. The rest missed the call. Our guy had a bad hit, and Jason Spezza had a bad hit, and it kind of all snowballed from there. And unfortunately, that's that's the way it works, right? Like it's the way it happens. I was like, holy crap! Like no other coach is going to do that. Every other coach is going to no. just single out the guy from the other team and say, "Oh, that was an awful hit." Like I can't believe they let it get to that. It's like, well, yeah. Well, no, Maurice is honest about it. Maurice has always been that way, and that's what I remember most about him. And that's I think that's what I'm going to remember the most about him moving forward because he was just. It, it never felt like he was forcing anything. He never felt like he was scripted by anybody else. It was always him. And that's why I think he'll probably end up in a broadcast role at some point if he wants to, because yeah. who wouldn't just want to have a conversation with him on air? <laughs> like, right, oh, for sure. No, for sure. So, I mean, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little period where he takes a break. Oh. I think, especially with everything going on, with with today's world and everything like that i think it's just one of those ones where it's okay i'm not coaching let's go home let's go relax for a bit and i I think in order for him to go back into coaching if he truly does want to go back into coaching yeah i think it's got to be the right situation he's not going to go to a developing team that needs a brand new coach that like he's not going to go like an ottawa team he's not he's not going to go somewhere like that sorry (laughs) sorry Um, face when you said Ottawa. he's like he's He's no, going. I try, to la- I try not to laugh. It's true. He's going to go to a team where they're on the fringe of being playoffs. They have a young core, like that kind of stuff, where they just need that little bit more to get them over the edge. Is really the team he's going to go to. That's that's the type of coach he is. He can truly make them take that next step. And, and I think I think he's fantastic for that. You know, getting them over the hump once he gets them there. That's a whole different issue. We we, we got to see where where that can go, but. Um, as you said, hundred percent, I could see him doing some sort of, uh, some sort of broadcasting role as well. Um, and, and truly striving in that as well. So, you know, all, all the best to him and in future endeavors and see how it goes. Yeah. And like, I want, I just kind of want him to do what's right for him at this point. Right. Or like this guy has, this guy's been everywhere. He's done pretty much everything. The only thing he hasn't done is win a Stanley cup. Right, like he's been in the playoffs. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times in the NHL across twenty-five years. Like how how sweet is that? Like that's that's incredible. And he's lost in every single round. He lost in round one. He's lost in round two. He's lost in round three, and he lost in the finals with the Carolina Hurricanes in two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah. He's literally done. I mean, everything. he's also he's also coached some very bleh teams for quite some time as well. That's true. Right? I was gonna say 
uh, say pretty much every, every year he was a Leafs coach. It was a yeah, year. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Hold on. Can we take in that he had a winning record in both seasons as a Leafs coach? Yeah. I, I believe that. That's incredible. Because that team yeah. was awful. Oh, horrible. They were, they that, were that's probably bad. what that's probably why he's so respected around the league is his ability to to claw the best out of his players. Yeah. I think I'm gonna miss him behind the bench. I believe he lives or he lived around the Oakville area. Um because my dad ran into him a few times. So I mean if he's moving back closer to, to us, I'm like, all right. Yeah, some Paul Verice in action, but <laughs> <laughs> but we'll just call him up to the uh, Arendelle Minor Hockey Association to coach with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, if this is a break for him, and he de- he deserves it. Like, I think whatever decision this guy makes, he's just he's a solid dude, solid Canadian mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, for sure, I agree one hundred percent. And this is this is a guy who I've respected ever since I realized who he was. Because sometimes you don't realize who the coach is. Sometimes. But as soon as you, I started to listen to him talk, you're like, okay, I respect this guy. I totally get why he's a head coach and why he's been so good. I think – let me just check this. He's had – since two, since 98-99, he has only had two, three – three losing seasons as a head coach yeah. in the NHL. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Since 98-99, he's had three losing seasons as a head coach. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> does, he, does he get credit for that um, Carolina team that wins the 2006 Stanley Cup because he was there for the building pieces? Yeah. He does deserve some credit. For sure, not. Unfortunately, not he stopped thing, coaching them in two thousand three, two thousand four was his last season, and that was yeah. one of the last years that he had a losing record. No, yeah, that's probably why he was like, "Oh, but <clears throat> I mean, you look at the core that was there, or the way they were drafted, the way they were thinking. I think he brings. I, I give him a little, a little shadow, a little there, credit for but, sure. But yeah, yeah, that's crazy though. Three, that's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Good luck to Paul Maurice. Hopefully he finds something that makes him happy. Um, let's keep rolling here, boys. A little football talk in the Great Cup. Came and went. And the Blue Bombers remain Great Cup champions. Mm-hmm. It was a slow start. Oh, my goodness. That first half was awful. Yeah. Awful, awful football. Um, the halftime show was good. Yeah, it was good. But then the second half really brought the fireworks. Holy moly! Was that was that was probably the most entertaining half of football I've seen all year. Yeah. In either the NFL or CFL, like that was just entertainment turned up to another level. Uh, back and forth. Tie cats were up by what was it, eighteen at one point or twenty? Um, they were up I, by I a lot, and then the blue bombers slowly chipped away. Everyone kind of questioned why they took a field goal at one point to remain a two score game. Or they did a touchback or something to, to try and they no, gave well, like I was, two I was points. I talking or... about the blue bombers earlier and then, oh. and then, yeah. And then the blue bombers go up by two. Yeah. And the tie cats, oh, yeah, and then the tie cats did on the that. return. Yeah. The guy took a knee in the end zone to put it, to put the ball up 35, not waste any time. 
Um, Ticats end up tying the game, going to overtime. And then Caleros leads the boys, gets a touchdown. And unfortunately, Masoli gets picked off in overtime. By the way, the probably most incredible pick I've seen this year yeah. as well. Bounced off two people. The one guy reaches down, scoops it up <laughs> to the yeah. other guy. Like, just incredible. And I don't know. Uh, Kyle, let's start with you. What were your thoughts on the game? What, what did you think about it? I mean, the first first half was terrible. But, um, I mean, uh, it was really a tale of, of one half. And it was just a matter of uh, each team finally showing up. And uh, you didn't think the wind was going to play that, that big of a factor. But it, it definitely played a, a huge a factor, factor <laughs> into decisions. It was uh, definitely a, a tactical game. You know, Winnipeg deferring in the first half and then deferring in the second half too. You don't see that very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it all set it up to having, you know, the ball in the fourth quarter and, and actually proved a big factor as they scored 15 points in the fourth quarter compared to six from Hamilton. So, um, I mean, it, it was big in that case. So it, it was, it would ended up being a very entertaining game. You know, it didn't start off that, that, that much, but, uh, it was definitely uh, a, something that was needed that we that we spoke about last week. Something that was needed in the CFL to truly bring it back a little bit and have a, a really good, entertaining game. And what did so. I say to you after the game? What did I text you? What were the? Th- <laughs> well, what did I text you, Kyle? I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what, what exactly the words were. I believe and... the words were, and I quote. The league needed it. <laughs> yeah. I, I said, what a game. You said, oh, yeah. And I said, league needed it. Yeah. That's it, Irfan. The league needed it. Yeah. You want to add to that, buddy? You're on mute, Irfan. Or we just can't hear him. Or we can't hear him. We've lost Irfan, folks. We could see him. Hello? There we go. There it is. There we go. My headphones died. All right. I guess I'm going to be screaming a little. There you go. No, you're good. Um, That's fine level. You don't have to yell. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good. <laughs> Sorry. Um, That's a new one. It, it was a slow start. I mean, it kind of looked very similar to that. The Cat Argos game, which started off pretty slow as well. Um, but I think the, uh, full credit, I'm giving credit to the Arkells for, for, getting the energy up in the stadium to getting the players morales boosted because when the second half started especially the first couple of minutes of the third quarter oh my god every play we were like i didn't have a favorite going into this and i was like screaming at every play i was like like that's a great play oh crap good defense or oh shit there's a there's a flag on a on a freaking finger move on a on the on the line there i was like oh how do you catch these things like it just it got more intense it got a lot better um a lot of those things that you guys mentioned like questioning oh why are you doing this or why aren't they going for this or why are you kicking here like there was a lot of those questions that went through the game but i I mean at the end of the at the end of it like it was an entertaining four quarters and then i love our overtime four quarters Uh, hold on hold on it was an entertaining two quarters Two and a half. Two I'm just half. collectively putting everything. Two and a half quarters. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm but like the game itself was four quarters, yeah. right? So, okay. um, but I, you know, well, actually, no, make it like four quarters technically because overtime was as long as it was and it was better than the first 
point five of the game or whatever quarter and a half of the game. But I was just gonna say like I really enjoy the way our overtime worked. Um, you know, you get a touchdown and the other team gets an opportunity to 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 answer. Whereas you it's have very to go for two. Yeah, you have to go for two. Like there's no kicking. Like I was like, man, you know what? This is nail biting. I'm okay with this. Let's 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 keep going with it. And I think that led to that brilliant was it three touch catch. Um, it's like as if they practiced it in training the day before going, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to work on these weird throws that are going to come at you. And you guys have to like, everyone has to touch it once before somebody can catch it or something, but yeah, no, a very entertaining overtime. Uh, so no good, great cup. Uh, I don't think I've seen this much excitement in maybe three or four years in a, in a great cup final. And I mean, the, the stamps and the red blacks in the finals a couple of years ago was pretty nice, but I mean, I had, a, I had a team that I was rooting for at that point. Fair. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was great. And I, as I said, I thought the league needed a game like this, especially after the shutdown last year where we didn't have a season. And mm-hmm. obviously the diehard fans were, were going to be there regardless. But I think this allowed a little – some fans that maybe were kind of fringe and just sort of interested in the game. Maybe this yeah. will draw them in a little bit more. There's there's a lot more intricacies in the CFL game than the NFL game when it comes to points. That that rouge is a, is a big play when, when it comes down to it. And we can talk about that a little bit. That Kyle, you're you're more versed in this than probably I am. But like taking that knee at the end of the game to get to the 35 yard line. Did you like that call by the Tie Cats? Did you did you think they should have ran that ball out? The which which knee off the, off the kickoff after Winnipeg scored the Tie Cats took the knee in the end zone to take the, to give Winnipeg a point to put it at three points. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I personally don't, but that's just me. Um, I mean, there was another play that uh, I didn't quite understand where Hamilton got an extra fifteen yards in the kickoff after they went up by three, I think. Um, or I can't remember where what yeah, point yeah, it was, yeah, but I know, I know you're you're 15 yeah, yards yeah, on, on the personal foul, but then proceeded to not kick it out of the end zone, um, and I they proceeded to short. Too. They proceeded to short kick it, which um, to me makes zero sense because that actually came down to being a huge factor. Because actually, no, it wasn't a three. It was it was a eight or nine point. If they kicked that if they got that extra rouge out the back of the end zone yeah. on the kickoff. Like it would have been, been a nine-point nine game, yeah, and basically would have made the game essentially out of reach. Yeah. So, um, to me, there, there was little things like that that I didn't quite understand. Maybe the kicker couldn't have kicked it out to the back of the end zone. Who knows? But no, I mean, Domagala has a leg, so he probably could. Have. So, so it, it was one of those like, but you had an extra fifteen yards. You're essentially almost at midfield by kicking off the ball. Yeah. Like you I'm pretty sure you could kick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could kick sixty yards out the back of the end zone. Like, sorry. But, I have a question I mean, about that. Does it does it have to go out the actual back, or does it have to go through the through the pylons? But can it can go out the side? It can, yeah, it can go out the side like okay. that. Because it, if I'm that, I'm kicking 55 yards on an angle. But it, it's got to. I don't think it can go straight out. I don't think. Yeah, if it goes out the back, it has to be able to go straight out. No, no, like it, it bounced out. I mean, like I, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if they would still consider it with a straight out, or if they would actually consider it out of bounds. I'm not sure. Depends uh, on where the line. Works, that's what I, I mean. Guess. Like it has, it ha- would have to go inside <laughs> of the pylon, like clearly inside the pylon, but out the side. Yeah, it, 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 that would all come down to line judge. That's why a lot of times they just let it bounce and it goes out the back. But yeah, I mean, fair. um, 
that was another situation I just didn't truly understand. Um, I, I didn't really get that whole part, but that's fair. Um, I I do. I now that I think about the knee, the that, that was for the safety, right? No, it was for the one point off the kickoff. Winnipeg had just um, scored. They did the kickoff, and the guy caught the ball in the end zone and took a knee because they were up by two, and then they gave up the point to go up by to go. Or sorry, they were down by two. They gave up the point to go down by three to take the ball up the thirty-five yard line, as opposed to trying to run it out to the thirty-five and waste time. I mean, it's all it's all tactics, and it's like one of those like, I guess it really comes down to if you didn't run it out as far as you could, do you risk punting into the wind and giving? Uh, Winnipeg the ball on who knows what 30 yard line with time to go yeah. or do you take it out to the 35 yard line try and pin them back as far as you possibly can and do it that way so I mean it's all tactics and you know clearly it didn't work out for Hamilton in that aspect but that's what, it, that's what the, the games come down to So it's true and you know what like I didn't mind the decision to take the knee I know a lot of people are really pissed about it but when you actually think about it, think about how much time you would waste running that ball out. Yeah. Right. I know it's the Canadian football league and the clock stops on every play and restarts as soon as the it's uh, whistled in. I get that. So, yeah. but you're still wasting time. And if you don't get to the 35 yard line or beyond, you're wasting time and losing yards. Yeah. So you take the knee. It's a three point game. You trust your offense to go out and get the points. And they did, to be honest, they, they went out and got the points needed. They scored, they, they uh, kicked the field goal and we went to overtime mm-hmm. and Caleros got his team into the end zone. I won't say it was pretty because it was an ugly drive, but they, he got yeah. his team into the end zone and proceeded to get the two points. So I can't really fault him on that. Um, speaking of Caleros, and this is a fun conversation that I've been waiting to have all week. Did he deserve the MVP? No. He didn't, right? Uh, don't, yeah. get, don't get me wrong. Season, MOP, sure, fine. No problem with that. He deserved it then. MVP of this game, not a chance. I can name at least three players on that on that Winnipeg team that deserved it over him. I don't understand how a quarterback who throws two picks in the game wins outstanding player mm-hmm. in the game. It's not as if he threw for 400 yards. He threw for 240 yards. Yeah. Really not that impressive. I know. Like, I it's, it was like, I don't know. To me, that was just weird. But So the question then becomes who should have been MVP? Irfan, let's, let's get your opinion because I know we uh, talked about it earlier. You had somebody, so. I did. So for Winnipeg, I would have gone Big Hill. I really liked the defense. Like, you know, like full credit to the Ticats offense running, uh, doing their run plays where there was like 15 guys going, you know, opposite directions. But I noticed that Big Hill on three or four very important drives caught the play. Like he was just reading the play really, really well. Uh, Great defense. I mean, that like the, the last play of the game, it was Blue Bomber defense that picked that ball, right? So, I mean, Big Hill to me was a big voice in the back end. Um, I, I would have chosen him. I just really loved the game that he played. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. Um, Kyle, did you have someone that you would have suggested for MVP? Yeah, I made this abundantly clear on Twitter that I was not very happy with the decision. 
Um, <laughs> That's why I'm kind of waiting for this. <laughs> uh, Sergio Castillo, and it's not even close. I'm sorry. It, it's, it's not even close. Without him in that game and kicking those field goals, Winnipeg's not even considered in this game. I mean, he he was clutch. He hit five of five for his field goals. He got the extra. He didn't get he didn't get con, uh, credit for the rouge because it was uh, their kickoff guy or whatever punter. Um, but no, Castillo, without him, Castillo did the kickoffs. No, it was on the punt that they got the rouge, not the kickoff. Um, no, they did. He got one rouge. He got the end of the game, the one at the end of the game that we were just talking about. That was off of the kickoff. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, the, the, the what it was a uh, Legio or whatever got the the, the, the other one. Yeah, Legio got the other one. Yeah. Um, but Western like represent. to me, to me, the like, sixteen points and they scored thirty three. He was literally almost half of their entire yeah. points was kicking the ball, and it's like the kick, kickers truly don't really get enough credit sometimes. Wow, you're also I, forgetting I, the I, extra points. Yeah, true. So Fair. he had more than half of them. Yeah, I'm pretty and, sure and it's one of those. Wrong. Uh, no, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, because they scored what? Two. How many touchdowns did they actually have? Two touchdowns. Well, because they went for two and extra, so twenty-five. He had sixteen points by himself. He had Seventeen. So they scored... Yeah. So because they were yeah okay. Um. So it's one of those like to me, like. We were watching the game on on Sunday, and it was like, this is this is his this is his MVP to lose. It's 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 really what it is. Yeah. And I mean, like, if if Andrew Harris maybe put up a touchdown, could I have given it to him potentially? That would be my second guy. I probably would have given it to. You know, eighty yards rushing, add a couple yards in receiving too. I would have considered him. But even then, I don't think it's really close. It's Santos, or uh, sorry, Castillo. I kept calling him Sergio. I kept calling him Sergio Santos last week. I don't really know why, um, <laughs> but it, it's it's Castillo, and that I will I will die on that hill that it, he should have won MVP. Yeah, I agree. The other two names that I was thinking of: uh, Winston Rose on that defense, and Kyrie Wilson. Both of those guys played incredible as, as uh, DBs in this game. Uh, Wilson obviously had the game-ending interception off of the Rose tip. Yeah, so, <laughs> you, could, you could throw in Darby in there too if you wanted. To. Yeah, you could throw Darby in. He was he was the third guy for me, but I would I was saying the other two. I, I noticed they were all over the place. Darby had an incredible game. Like, yeah, you could even say Willie Jefferson influenced the game. I know he only had three tackles, but man, they were like double teaming him, triple teaming him, trying to just keep him away from Masoli in the end. Also, oh yeah. Full credit to Jeremiah Masoli. That yeah. guy, after the week he had, after being pulled from the the semifinal, not getting many first-team reps because they were going with Dane Evans, and Dane Evans goes down in, what, the first quarter? Or early yeah. second quarter, whatever it was? And Masoli uh, stepped in, yeah. and what did he throw for? He threw for 185 yards on 20 of 25. Yeah. He had two touchdowns, like... I give full credit to that guy. That is a tough situation to go into. Also ran for 35 yards as well. Let's not forget that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, the only, and the only pick the only pick he threw was that one at the end of the, the game. The one at the end so. where it was tipped by three people. Like, yeah. <laughs> full credit. He came in with the mission, eh? Like the minute he got the first snap, it looked like, ah, oh, this guy is – he has a motivation to do well right now. Yeah. Yeah. And as he, was, he was pissed off. It's simple as that. He was – well, was he pissed yeah, off, he or was, was he just had he just decided, you know what, 
uh, this is my team. I'm going to do what I can for my team. And I think that's what, I think that's what he stepped in for. I, th- I think he was pissed off and said, hey, like, you guys started the wrong guy. I'm going to go out and show you who should have started the game. Maybe. But they, it's actually funny because, like, you actually talked if you had a chance to listen to some of the press conferences, I know it's press conference and they kind of kind of have to play nice, but if you do it all the way back all season long, Dane Evans and Jeremiah Masoli like are each other's biggest supporters oh, at this point. I, I'm, I'm not saying Masoli has something against Dane Evans. I'm saying Masoli is what Masoli was doing was is awesome. auditioning for his new team next year. Yeah. That's true. That's what he was doing. That's true. So it was it was one of those it was one of those screw you tie cats. I'm gonna go out screw if I win it for you guys. Tie-cats. It was one of those like if I win it for you guys, great. I won a great cup. I'm going to a new team next year and I'm gonna be the starting quarterback. It's simple as that. Like it, it's 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 really one of those like, all right, you want Dane Evans to be your guy? No problem. I'll show you guys what you're missing out on. I'm out next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's 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 weird to think like that, but that's hundred percent what his motivation was. Was he's like, I know what I'm capable of. You guys clearly, like, maybe you don't, not necessarily don't believe in me, but you don't think I'm the best option. So let's go prove you wrong. Well, it's funny, though, because I mean, going going into the Eastern Conference Final, he was the option. He was the number one. Yeah. And he's been yeah. the number one for most of the year. Right? So he was the number one on the Ticats. Yeah. And then he had a bad game. Let's, let's not yeah. deny that. That was an awful game against the Argos. It was bad. 100%. And Dane Evans stepped up and played a phenomenal game, 16 for 16. Right? Like, we can talk mm-hmm. about that all we want. So they said, okay, well, right now, the guy who's playing the best is Dane Evans. So they went with him in the in the great Kyle White. Uh, I'm watching <clears throat> college football bowl games right now. Of course. And, <clears throat> and uh, um, oh. uh, Dion, who's coaching Brian Jackson Brian? State, yeah. Um, was just driving on the field in a a, a three wheeled motorcycle. Of course, that sounds about right. It's Deion Sanders. Yeah, I, I just can't say I was expecting that to be riding on midfield on a three wheeled motorcycle. Deion Sanders doesn't surprise me. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> um. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add? Oh, I guess the Arkells were almost the highlight of this game, eh? Like that that halftime show was really really good. I know there were oh, some sound we, issues here and there. It sounded like some of the mics were not great, but like the music was so good. The Lumineers were fantastic guests. Yeah. Um, it was, was uh, the guys with the instruments just dancing the whole time. Yeah. I was like, how the who hell is, are you? Who is the girl? I, I I forgot her name. That joined. The I, it's a really weird name. I the can't. Rapper? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was like, yeah, you're right. It's like d- d- ribs, uh, Tibsy or ribs, something like that. It was, yeah. it was like really phenomenal. Good. I'm sorry, I can't yeah. remember your name. I really do apologize if you're listening to us. That's, um, that, that. Well, we, yeah, we we were saying on Sunday that that was that was your that was your ultimate wet, like your wet dream. Sorry, the weird way of saying it, but it was your what you like. It was Nick's. It was Nick's music. It was everything he listens to. It was it was it was everything he listens to. It's that type of music. No, no, it was no, like, it was oh my god. Nick was like, oh my god, this Cam is finally your time. It was Cam Hughes' music. No, we were saying it was Nick's. It was and then they brought in the Lumineers and we're like, yeah, Nick's Nick's in heaven right now. Nick's in heaven right now. I wasn't because I was producing that and we were trying to make sure that the sound kept going through properly on the radio, and that was awful. 
<laughs> See, I, I, I like I liked the show, but bringing out the Lumineers just slowed it really, like, slowed it That down was the a one lot. thing that I did say. I was like, I love yeah. the Lumineers. They're a great band. Don't get me wrong. But it kind of just felt like it became too slow. Well, it was it was like first song super hyped up. Let's go, let's get it going. And then like, I guess they did like half a song after that. And then it was all of a sudden Lumineers, and it's like okay, guitar solo. Yeah. And it's not even like they're like the Lumineers just don't play fast music. And I get that, and it is yeah. what it is. But it was still entertaining. Like it wasn't bad. Oh, for sure. And then they slowly built it back up to that last song, which was so much fun to watch. Everyone jumping around on that stage, like that was cool. In the end, it was really good show. I was very sure. impressed. I did not like the last one, to be honest. The last CFL halftime show. I think that was um, wasn't that Carly Rae Jepsen and Justin Bieber or whatever two years ago. I can't say I watched it two years ago. Was it Alessia Cara? I don't. That's the that thing. I don't even remember. That's my point. I'm gonna remember yeah. this one. Uh, K. Flay is the lady. Thank is you. Yeah. She was yeah. Really weird man. Yeah. She weird. was really good. That's all that matters. <laughs> Um, all right, boys, it's time. Let's, let's, let's start reminiscing Hmm. 100 episodes together. The three of us, Hmm. um, when I say that 100 episodes, what is the, what's the first thing that like comes to your mind, Kyle? Um, well, 100 episodes, it's, it's, it's kind of surreal with how much time has passed. Um, I mean, looking back at it obviously and it was actually kind of it was this year that i kind of we did it was the when you and i did the uh the nfl draft live show like that to me that was it was it was a great thing it was it was one of those something unique that we hadn't done before that uh that was kind of cool and and obviously like live reactions and all kind of stuff was was definitely worth it um and it's it's weird but the the other thing I, i i looked back on was was that movie the movie movie madness <laughs> winners yeah the movie madness whatever we want to call it um and just everybody's reactions on like their favorite movies and like movies people haven't seen and all kind of stuff and it was like it was kind of cool that we like yes we're a sports podcast but we relate in movies and sports movies and all kind of stuff and kind of touch a little bit on everything so i mean it's been a great almost three years and 100 episodes so uh i can't complain they're fun. What one hundred? What does one hundred mean to you? Um, you know, when we had our one hundred like garage door sport, yeah, in total episode. I was like, I can't wait for ours, because mm-hmm. like I think that was a, a massive feat. That was an amazing time, and then put ours into perspective, and it's like, okay, this is like the three of us have actually done this together. Yeah. Um, but I will say the the fact that I've appreciated is the amount of friends or people that I've met through our show um you know huge shout out to the culvers uh shout out to Haley. uh just good people that you come across uh gabe you know like we can keep naming the list of wonderful people that have graced our show and i think that's what i've respected is that they're good people and it's not just like you have a guest and you never speak to them again but it's like let's have a conversation every couple weeks and Definitely, definitely enjoy that for sure. Yeah, I so, mean, you, you, yeah. you nailed it right there. On that. And as I wear our, our sweater, <laughs> so. yeah. well, I mean, it's it's true. Like our guest list has been just incredible over the hundred episodes. Like you, mm-hmm. you mentioned, Braden's been on. Haley, um, Luke has joined us. Uh, yeah. All the all the athletes that we've had on the show. Um, 
Marco Carducci, Nico Janosopoulos when they were on Cavalry, and then when Nico switched over to York, he joined us as well. Um, covering that ECPL and getting to talk to Max Ferrari and Feroz Ali, like that was that was really really cool. Mm. Um, getting Mike on that one time uh, to talk a little hockey, like we've had just an incredible list of guests. Um, the other one, speaking of our movie madness, Kyle, when we had. Yeah. <laughs> we had um oh my god i'm totally blanking on the player's name now oh no oh no 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 no! this is bad who was it somebody help me please anybody what, 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 what are you referring to huh what are you referring to when we had the player and his girlfriend's dad on who owned uh, oh for the movie man is- yeah. ah. what's the player's name now uh, off the top of my head. Uh... Oh my god, this is gonna piss me off. <laughs> Chris Manella. Chris, yeah. yes, Chris and his uh, his girlfriend's dad, who owns Hollywood Canteen, it was just, like that was so cool. The perspective yeah. they gave was incredible. Yeah. Right. Like we've had some just great guests, and it's made our lives easier. I mean, you also mentioned Gabe, right? And we can talk about Eric uh, last week. That was a lot of fun. And having all the hosts from all the other shows jump on here and there, right? Yep. Like, I mean, we've had Logan join us for that draft show, Kyle. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had Ryan on before from 20 Minutes on Ice. We still have yet to have Paige on this show, eh? We have. We had Paige on this show? Yeah, we, we did. did. A couple we months did? ago. Did we did the we did the Euro preview with her. That's it. We did. You're right. I was just mixing yeah, up shows. I was mixing up shows. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, when we first started, though, like, I mean, I mean we like your priorities. Gonna... It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we started, though, like it never felt like there'd be more than our show. Yeah. And yeah. now you look at it, and there's two, three, four, five at one point that were added six. to the whole network. Right? Six. Six. Yeah. So it's six. Yeah, it's just in perspective, you're like, I did not see that coming in our first two, three, couple of years. Especially in our first year, I was like, there's no way. Like, it's just the three of us. That's how it is. That's how our savage is going to be. But now that you, you know, see things associated with it, we got the betting, we got hockey, we got soccer, we had Kellen at one point, we had football, we had the rugby show for a little bit. Like, just spectacular for sure. And like, let's not forget that We've done a hundred episodes of a sports podcast. Majority of that time, we've been in a pandemic. Yeah. Right? We had we had, what, three months where we had no sports. Yeah. And yet we still managed to put an episode on pretty much every week during yeah. that. I mean, I think we took a couple weeks off here and there because as I said, mental health wasn't always the best. Um and I think that's that's one thing that I, if I have to look back and think of my fondest memory of everything, yeah. as Kyle gets up and leaves, um, I think my fondest memory or fond and is the fact that you guys kind of saved me. Like I know that sounds really really cheesy, but like I I wasn't doing great at some points in this time, right? Between everything going on in my personal life, everything going on with the pandemic, at one point, like I wasn't doing the best. And this show, everything that we've done across the network, like it, it saved me. 
I know that sounds really cheesy, and I, I hope you guys understand that, but like it's it's something that I I will never forget of this first hundred episodes is that we got through probably the worst time that we will have to get through, and we're doing good. All of us, I think, are doing really good. Your hero, baby. Yeah, and that summarizes why. Yes, right there. That's, that's it right there. That literally is the answer as to why we all survive this is that we, we yeah. keep making jokes with each other and we keep each other's spirits up. So yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been great. It's been a tough, it's not always been easy, but also to think about like how far we've come in the hundred years with the network itself, all the graphics that are on this network. hundred years. Yep. hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> shut up. hundred episodes. Yeah. Shut up. I, I know I've, I know I've aged, but I didn't think it was that much. Holy! I was, I was literally trying to we fix really a rainfall. for a hundred, those boys. Yeah. Ten seconds ago, but all right. <laughs> but okay, so now let's let's add to this. For example, we've done a hundred episodes of our show, but like Kyle, how many of you hit with with the betting podcast? How many for the hockey podcast? How much for our soccer? Like, add that together, and like even that fee has been. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think of how many we've done for for betting. I, I off the top of my head, I can't even tell you. Fifty-eight or something. Yeah, yeah, we're at forty-eight. We're two away from fifty. Yeah. Yeah, because we were week, we were week fifty-seven or something the other yeah, week. Fifty-six or fifty-seven. Um, yeah. and I think we've we've missed a couple a couple weeks, but. It's definitely near the fifties. That's for sure. Right. Like, look at look at where the other like what we've done with the other shows too. Like, I know I, I mentioned the the expansion, but like, it's just insane. It blows my mind. Yeah. Like it's it, it truly is incredible, and it's it's amazing to see how far we've come. Um, this the question is, what are we gonna do next? Like, where are we taking this next, boys? Uh, yeah. We are officially the next big broadcast company. I like it. Thank you very I much. Like that would be nice. Yeah. No, we got we got a lot coming up the pipe. Hopefully, we'll do another like movie marathon thing in the, or movie madness in the summer. Um, uh, I would love to see yeah. more of us uh, being able to do some cool updates like that. Mm, you know what we could do? Uh, like do a, a bracket of our best episodes from like our show and our expansion team like our network shows so be like oh i really love like there was one i think kyle was listening to for your betting when it was early on and i was like oh like i'm not you guys both know i don't bet so i don't understand yeah. the rules very much but out for that one i was like i understood the whole episode it was well first like everything looked really good um mm-hmm. i believe so like we can toss that into it or something we can have like the best episodes of each shows and then kind of have final battle i don't i don't know if that would work i mean that'd be a lot of listening but um but i once you read the description of an episode i think you remember it right away so oh for sure yeah yeah no i think i think that i think eventually once some stuff is gone maybe we can do a couple in-house shows again too potentially if if we can work that out see how that works i think that's get back to our roots i guess is what you could say because we've been doing the the virtual one for got too long now almost two years um, <laughs> but well i mean technically um, we've been doing virtual for longer but it used to be you and me in the same room with Irfan in ottawa yeah yeah we've all yeah. been doing it virtually for <laughs> two years almost mm-hmm. so yeah and it's, it's just it's little little things i think uh, there's, there's definitely um 
some some stuff we haven't touched on that we can potentially touch on all kind of stuff it's there's so much room for us to continue to do this and, and i i can't wait for the next uh, next episodes to be done so. well we just had a comment in the uh chat boys and i i, I, I want to keep talking about 100 but i think we're we're kind of at the end of it so let's let's just get into this we have a first yeah. time first time uh chat from a viewer uh alex two two four six seven eight a um saying hello i'm from russia what do you say about zenit's game in the champions league and about the last round of chelsea zenit Irfan, this is all you buddy hold I on, I need to game. it was a 3-3 game um when they Here's played chelsea in the last game so yeah tr- trust me i'm not happy about that as a chelsea fan <laughs> so, to, to answer what, do you, what do you make of it then kyle like i i missed the game i'll be honest i was i was i mean it, so First, looking, watching, watching that game. I watched. I didn't watch the whole thing. I only watched about up until probably about fifth. Like basically, just after halftime, okay. um, we had to get a little work done. Zenit completely dominated in that first half. Uh, that was Zenit's game to lose. Um, honestly, they 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 came out. They were strong. They had huge. They they had a huge possession in the first half specifically. I mean, it ended up being fifty four percent Chelsea possession. But in saying that. Chelsea with only 54% possession is a very poor game of possession for them because they're usually around the 60-plus mark because they always keep the ball and just basically the other team has to counter. Right? Chelsea's the team that just needs the possession. Um, but, I mean, <clears throat> Zena had like 18 total shots, seven on net. They were they were pretty much dominating Chelsea, and it was bad for me to say. As soon as they scored that first one, I'm like, Okay, this isn't going in the right direction. Then they scored the second one to go up two one before half, and I'm like, "All right, Chelsea's done in this game. Like they're they just weren't playing well." And it was Zenit was playing great, and I mean, Chelsea obviously came back. Zenit kind of stole stole the the extra two points with that 90th plus four goal, um, which I didn't think was possible. But they they battled back and give them all credit because they, you know, if they played the way they played in this game in a couple of their other group matches, I think there was a chance they could have pushed a little bit more for uh, fighting for a second spot. Mm. Listen, I'm not going to take anything away from Zenit, but I will also say that Chelsea in the last three to four weeks have struggled without Angola Conte being healthy. So I know one player doesn't make a team, but I think losing one of your best players that bosses your midfield I think it's been struggling. They've they've blown leads against West Ham. They've uh, played okay against United. They played, I don't know, they played a couple of weeks ago. They also didn't look great. And you know, Kyle, yes, they're they're a possession based team, but they need at least fifty five to to sixty percent of that ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but they only had it because you know that pressure in the eighty something minute with Werner's goal. But going to Zenit uh, to answer Alex's question, I thought Zenit did a good job of saying that if they win this game they actually have a chance at a, at a Europa spot uh, and continuing their European quest, which, you know, it doesn't look like it when you have Juve and Chelsea paired up against you in the same group. No. Um, and, and this is disappointing for, so again, sorry, credit to Zenit for a good game for, for pushing Chelsea back. And maybe that just exploits a couple of weaknesses in, in Tuchel's system, which I haven't been able to say for the first four months of the season, because I, I mean, like they've been great. Mm. Um, but this also shows you that even Juve isn't great. Like this group, like 
Juve did not play well against Malmo. I thought Malmo played the ball very well. They're very efficient. Um, none of the square passes that came out of that game were were bad. Like it just looked like a good Malmo performance. And then you get Juve who gets a lucky goal. So um, at the end of the day, I think Chelsea were didn't play well, and that's why the draw came out. And I thought you know Juve also weren't good, and they probably didn't yeah. deserve that win. If that if that wraps up, you know, or that summarizes that group. Um, I just hope they're both sharp going to next round. I mean, Chelsea has Lil next. So yep. don't take it as a walkover because Jonathan David's going to have a goal or two, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but this will be a good test to get N'Golo Conte back and healthy, and maybe that's going to help them secure it. Yeah. And if you're looking ahead for Zenit, they're now in the Europa League playoff against uh, Batiste. I think yeah. they have a very good chance to win that and move on to the round of 16. Um, and then end up in the draw there. I think that's a great opportunity for them to continue playing in Europe. And I, I think they could actually go pretty far. They've looked, I know they only got five points out of the group stage, but it's five hard points that I don't know how many people expected them to do that well. So keep looking forward, Alex. Hopefully, uh, hopefully yeah. your team can uh, keep, keep playing. Good luck Lopez, who's the top three La Liga team right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, the biggest thing with them is they're they are tough to play against at home. That's the biggest exactly. thing. So if if they take care of business at home, then they'll be fine. Well, the away girl goal rule isn't there anymore. So yeah, you need a like you said, you need a solid home performance and they probably will drag teams through it. Yep. Okay. Take care of business, then play defense. Okay, <laughs> here's the question though. Are you guys happy that the away goal rule is gone? No, I liked it. Really? I loved it. I loved going into like, you know, well, this was United in their, in their prime going into to Barcelona and pulling out a 1-0 win or a 1-1 draw and coming back to Old Trafford and being like, we've got some swagger. This was like before they lost in the finals. But I, I think like, like I don't know, for me, I think the gold shouldn't matter anymore, but going in and getting a 1-1 draw still would bring swagger back to Old Trafford and for like two. Like, it would, but like you could come out with a nil-nil home game not that we want to see that but then you go well i'm through because like we had a hell of a game away from home yeah. like i don't know i really enjoyed it i mean when i play manager mode i love playing away from home because you can thrash a team three nil and go home and be like eh, i can sim this game now <laughs> I, I, I was never a big fan of the away goal rule because like i i just don't think it's that big of a deal to be honest i think every goal should count as equal because they're all hard to get at this point like think about every goal being important why is yeah. some why is one goal more important than another? Like I just don't get it. Uh, if you yeah. ask Paige this question, should be like screw the away goal rule because that's what knocked them out of the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I'm kind of impartial to the away goal. I think I think in a way the away goal also did make those those road games for certain teams more important because you had to try and go out and get a goal. And you had to go out and try and at least get a leg up going back to your home, right? Yeah. And if, if you started on if you started at home, you had to make sure you played. If you played to a draw, you're fine. You played to a nil-nil draw, no problem. But you can't lose at home by one or two. And I think it made those those first games really critical to, to either team. But I mean, you're still seeing good football either way. So yeah, I mean, that's the thing for me. Like, I just don't think it matters. Like, we don't need to have one goal be more valuable. I think every goal should be equal in this, and you need to you need to beat a team across two legs. Like, that's that's always been my thought. You can't draw twice and just happen to have the first draw was 1-1 away and the second draw is 0-0. Well, 
you're still even then. Like, I still think those two teams should yeah. keep playing to find a winner. That's kind of where I sit at. I think every goal should be valuable. So I think they should just kill the extra time and just go straight to penalties. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> or have a golden goal. You have 30 minutes or something to no. score. Yeah, switch it from silver goal to golden goal. I agree with that. I just yeah. I don't think you can get rid of the extra time. And go uh, I watched the worst penalty shootout ever. It was in the Korean League. Vissel something. Holy crap! Everyone hit the ball over the bar, and like you four told me about this one. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was like, first off, why are you watching Korean? League? It came up on my feed, guys. I have so many different soccer things popping up, and I'm like. Oh, this is hilarious. They're like, this like is Twitter the worst. Or something is what you're saying. Right? Yeah, I was on Twitter feed. And so it was like three over the bar. So Beckham's a couple off the post. And I was like, no one's going to win this game. And no one scored in those five shots or 10 shots, I guess, that I saw in the span. And I was like, oh, this is horrible. Thomas Romalin was playing in, in the oh one of the <laughs> And he skyrocketed the shot. I was like, ah, Barcelona let you go for a reason. You can't score. <laughs> um, but. I mean, yeah, penalty shootouts, but none of those ones that look like that. Jeez. Yeah. Well, we saw some bad ones in the Euros, then leading up to Euros. and yeah. Oh, God. I love penalty shootouts when people are good at penalty shootouts. Like when yeah. both I mean, teams would, are scoring think... or goalies are making great saves. I hate when it comes down to, like, four guys missing the net. <laughs> yeah. Like, See, I, I, yeah, m- missing the net, like getting stopped, I think is just, yeah, to me, getting stopped by the goalie makes it better. Yeah, that's personal. I, I love that. I think that's incredible. Yeah. I, I, I don't want, and it's weird to say, I don't want a penalty to go five to four and the guy misses the net and that's why they lose five four. I would rather like a three to two where the goalie makes a fantastic save in the last one to save the game. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, like, now we're talking. Like now, it's interesting. Let's get going. So like that one, that one shootout where was it like eleven shooters that United was in last year? Fun. Yeah, the Villarreal final. Yeah, yeah, yeah the final where they went yeah. like ten or eleven rounds and the hey, just took an awful kick. I was gonna say it came down to the goalies, <laughs> but that was that was a great shootout. Guys were yeah. finishing kicks, and then when the goalies did make a save, the other goalie made it made a save to keep it even. Mm-hmm. Right, like there was very few missed kicks on that one. Like that's mm-hmm. the kind of shootout that I like, because that means everyone is realizing what it is. Okay. I just have to hit the net, hit the yeah. net and force the goalie to make a save. And if the goalie makes a save, when you force him to make a save, that's a good save. Like yeah. forget about it. I don't really care. I don't want to see four go over the net. So, um, I guess that's it boys. Uh, final thoughts for the week of episode 100 or fun. Um, actually, it was going to be the that soccer shootout thing that I didn't think we were going to get a question on. That was my final thought. But um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, Saturday with you guys is fun. So let's keep it going. Yeah. It's always fun yeah. when we get to talk. So, uh, Kyle, your thoughts, man? Uh, well, thoughts is, you know, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to anybody out there because we won't be doing an episode next week. Um, so if you do celebrate, then, you know, have a good one. Uh, Hopefully the snow that just came down last night, it looks like, stays because it's absolutely white out there right now. Hopefully we uh, get hopefully we get more snow before Saturday because that snow will be a little messy by the time Saturday rolls. Correct. Around. As long as like I I just don't want a green Christmas. That's just my personal. We've opinion. had too many of those. Um, uh, so you know, 
hopefully that stays. Uh, and then final thoughts going back to the COVID thing. I really hope the uh, the league smarten up and truly, um, you know, do the right thing and postpone it through through up until at least through the new year. So um, we'll see what happens on that case. But that's that's my final thoughts. Is I hope they hopefully they do the right thing. Yeah, as we've been talking, more players have been added to the NHL COVID protocols. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sent you guys a link on Twitter uh, with the new enhanced COVID rules that came out yeah. halfway through our show. Yeah. Um, oh, and Kevin Durant has entered health and safety protocols. Nice. Great. Oh, so that means my, my bet on the Nets is... Dead. Probably not doing so hot right now. Oh, Kyrie might be back, right? I mean, Brooklyn still should be able to beat Orlando, even You'd without think. anywhere like that. But you'd think. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, all I want to say is happy holidays. We will not be doing a show next weekend because it is Christmas, and I will not be close to a computer all day. I'm shutting myself off for a day, spending it with my family. So, Yay. Um, you guys can do a show if you want, but I won't be here. <laughs> um, please just be safe. Be smart. We're obviously in a, another wave of this pandemic, and this one looks like oh. it's going to be a pretty brutal one. Not necessarily mm-hmm. for hospitalizations and deaths right now. It doesn't look like we're going to get to that point at this point, but the contagiousness is going to be bad. So please be smart. Be safe. Enjoy the holidays in the right way um and hopefully once the new year comes around we will all be able to enjoy time together and enjoy spending time watching sports because that's what we're all here for um yeah so once again thank you everyone for (laughs) shut up kyle (laughs) (laughs) thank you everyone for joining us 100 episodes we uh we couldn't thank you enough for helping us get to this point and here's to uh, hundreds and hundreds more, boys. That's a scary proposition. <laughs> Dealing with us for hundreds and hundreds of more episodes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that'll do it. So for everyone here at Garage Door Sports, thank you for listening. If you want to follow us, look at, look us up on Twitter at Garage Door Sport, on Instagram at Garage Door Sports. If you are looking for Irfan, it's at Irfan Manji on both. If you're looking for Kyle, it's at Kyle Vardy on both. If you're looking for myself, it's at Nick McVicker. Yes, my first name is Robert, so it says that on my account. But the actual handle is Nick McVicker. Um, if you're looking for all the other shows, make sure you check them out as well. Go to our website, garagedoorsports.com, to find out more information on all of the shows. Mm-hmm. And hopefully uh, we'll be bringing you more content come the new year. So mm-hmm. signing off for this year, for 2021, we'll be back in 2022. Irfan, did you want to add something before I sign off here, sir? I said, yay! Yay! Irfan <laughs> 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 really liked the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins kid. On our, on I our did. Earlier. <laughs> he got you. really excited. It's like this kid has energy. Where is I need this energy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Saturday morning. None of us have that energy. Kyle's still no. half asleep. I'm kind of awake now. Now, sorry, Kyle was half asleep when we started. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, we love you guys listening. We love doing this, so we'll keep bringing you guys more episodes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. 
We will see you next time.